Hello, everybody. This is Ryan. This is Avery. And we are from the Frame by Frame King Crimson podcast. And you are listening to Pods Like Us. Welcome to Pods Like Us, Bite Size, with me, Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv. In this episode, you will hear the first part of my talk with Lonnie Pena, one of three hosts of the Beatles-related podcast, When They Was Fab. I spoke with Ed Chen from that show in episode 15 of season one of Pods Like Us, and his other co-host, Ethan Alexanian in Season 2, Episode 7. Before we get to the chat with Lonnie, I thought that I might quickly explain what is going on here. This is the first episode of what I'm calling Pods Like Us Bite Size, which is a structured and much shorter program than the usual episodes. There are different sections to the Bite Size shows. The first section will be an introduction Then in the second is a talk with a podcaster or podcast listener. For the most part, these conversations will be returning guests or podcasters whose shows have already been discussed when I've spoken with their co-host. After the conversation, there is a section where I pick a podcast subject and offer suggestions of shows that look into that subject. That is pretty much how these occasional shows will go. Anyway, now my introduction to this conversation. I had been a guest on the show when they was fab, where we were discussing how music hall and traditional music influenced the Beatles. Unfortunately, Lonnie was unable to take part in that show, so other than internet messages and such, this was actually my first time talking with Lonnie verbally and it was such fun. In this first part we start by looking at how Lonnie first got interested in music as both a listener and a musician. Hello everybody, this is Marv from Pods Like Us and I'm speaking with Lonnie Pena from When They Was Fab. Hey, Lonnie, thanks for talking to me. Hey, uh, Marv, do you mind, mind if I call you Marv? I don't mind. It's <laughs> it's easier, more formal. There you go. Well, how's it going? Not bad. How, how's things your way? Everything okay? 
No, it's nice. A beautiful California day. I'm in the West Coast here in the USA, and it's nice outside, clear skies. Um, so uh, I'm far from home, though. You know, I, I, uh, I grew up, I was born and raised in Texas and, and lived in Texas until uh, literally about 12 months ago. And I, I moved to California. I'm in Northern Cal, which is uh, specifically I'm in Oakland, uh, the oh. Bay Area, right across the bay from San Francisco. Lovely. I'd love to visit San Francisco. I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm living here now. Uh, I'll live here, you know, until a few years. Then I'll retire back in Texas. So what was the move like? Have you, have you now unpacked all the boxes or are you still full of boxes everywhere? You know what, Marv? I, uh, I hit the road on actually June the 1st. Okay. I hit the road, left Texas, left Houston, and everything I could put in my vehicle and my four-door sedan is what I brought with me. Wow. Um, my Beatles memorabilia, uh, my apartment furniture is in uh, storage back in Houston. Um, I found a apartment that was fully furnished and uh, all utilities paid. Uh, so yeah, I didn't have to move like stuff. I was very okay. fortunate to find this uh, little in-law unit in a house on the, in Oakland Hills. Um, but I do miss all my Beatles stuff, Marv. Yeah. <laughs> I, ha I have a few things that I bought, you know, in the past 10 months. Uh, you know, a few items that I bought. But uh, other than that, I have literally two storerooms, two 10 by 10, 10 feet by 10 feet. Mm -hmm. Storerooms full of Beatle memorabilia. Wow, that must be terrible to be away from all that because sometimes you want, you want to just get your hands on these things and oh, that's, you know, that's like the vinyl and everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just to have it around me, you know. That's I'm just so passionate about about the Beatles and the music and and everything. And uh, yeah, that, that hurts quite a bit. But you know, you have to do what you have to do. And so I, I found a job up here in, in Northern Cal, a previous job I worked at for 20 years in the oil and gas industry. And then the uh, facility went belly up uh, last February, not because of COVID. No. Uh, it was just prior to COVID. But, um, hey, I'm free as a bird. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm single, divorced. Uh, I'm an empty nester. I have two daughters and, and they're on their own. So I can actually live anywhere I want and do anything I want. Maybe visit you sometime. Wow. Or... Yeah. Come over to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I keep meaning to go over to America and do a road trip one of these days. Yeah. I was very, very fortunate, um, you know, visiting London, Liverpool was on my bucket list. And um, I was very fortunate last uh, uh, two years ago now, in March of 2019, my youngest daughter convinced me just to do it, and I, and and we did. Uh, we bought tickets, uh, airline tickets, and uh, both of my daughters and myself we uh, we visit London and we visit Liverpool. We were there for a week, and uh, let me tell you, I, I want to go back really bad, but of course, no one's doing anything right now with the pandemic still going on. That's true. I've never actually been to Liverpool. Yeah, well, I would have liked to have uh, a visit there was only brief 
So I spent two days in Liverpool and um, that wasn't long enough. I only got to see a selective number of uh, places, uh, Beatle places and so forth. So next time I visit, I'm going to spend uh, the entire week in Liverpool because there's a, there's, there's a lot to see there. I remember in London, the Beatles shop, as it's called, on, uh, funnily enough, on Baker Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in there thinking, oh, I'll just see what they've got. With no intention of really spending much money in there at all. And I think I ended up coming out spending so much money on... <laughs> oh, yeah. I know how it, I know how it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I bought a few things. Uh, and most of what I bought was for other people. <laughs> I bought t-shirts and so forth for family and friends and uh, I only bought a few things for myself you know how it goes <laughs> dear me you, you didn't buy anything from any, for any of your family and you say oh, I bought you this t-shirt and then one of your family said I don't even know who the Beatles are yeah, well no my family my daughters believe me they were raised on Beatles Mark I, I made sure of that <laughs> If they did nothing else, they would know who the Beatles were. And I made them read the books, too. <laughs> like I said, that's a good parent, that is. So they can talk to you about the Beatles, believe it or not. These, my daughters are in their 20s, and they can converse with you um, about the Beatles and classic rock in general. Perhaps you should have them on as, as guest on when they was fab as well as, yeah. as well as the ex-wife that you've done before now. Yeah, I've had the ex-wife before. Yes. <laughs> You probably, that was on an episode, a couple of episodes. But, uh, yeah, so it's really good talking to you. I don't think we've ever, we've never spoke, right? My memory. No, good, no, because yeah. you, you weren't around for the episode when we mm-hmm. talked about um, uh, the influence of music hall and traditional music on the Beatles. Yeah, Me yeah. And Ed, I, I joined Ed for a show about that when I got the ukulele out and I did a few songs. Oh, sweet. That. Sweet, that is nice. Because uh, I think I think I did a bit of uh, honey pie, um, uh, Martha. Did I do Martha, my dear? Um, definitely did the the devil in the deep oh, blue sea. Yeah, did that on. We we'll have to listen to that one again. Um, when, when was that? Was on a few few months ago, right? I think that was the beginning of last year. I think. Oh, okay. Time flies. Let so, me tell you. It really does, yes. Time flies when you're in a lockdown or <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, it's, uh, you know, the older, you know, I'm just speaking for myself, the older I get, you know, it just seems like it's a flash, you know. In my mind, I'm 26. <laughs> but in my body, just turn yes. those numbers around. <laughs> it's like, oh, who's that guy? Who's that old man in the mirror? <laughs> Yeah, you, you go past a window and see yourself. Hey, in the wait window. a minute. This doesn't look like that photograph I sent. That was 30-year <laughs> photograph, 30 years ago. But, uh, yeah, the photograph on your driving license. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so what What else? What, what, what's, what's on the agenda today? So, first off then, Lonnie, how were you introduced to uh, podcasts? What podcast do you listen to first that, that got you intrigued? Oh, well, you know, I didn't know anything about podcast. I didn't know that existed. Marv, you know, I had the iPhone for already two or three years. I had an iPhone. I think I got my iPhone like in 2010. 
and then there, and then magically this little icon appeared, this app, and it was 2013 when I finally got enough nerve to tap on that app, it was a podcast app, and I said, well, there's, let's see what's, you know, what's, what's happening here. So I, in the search engine, I typed in the Beatles, mm-hmm. and the first thing that popped up was Fab Four Free for All. And let me tell you, I got hooked immediately. I think I listened to like 10 episodes the first day. And and (laughs) it was just, it was amazing. Those guys, Mitch, Rob, and Tony, uh, I tell you, they they got me through. Um, That was the time that that I was actually contemplating selling my Beatles collection. Wow. And I I have a lot. Well, I have records, I have posters, I have magazines, I have memorabilia, you name it. And that was the year that both of my daughters were in high school. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, college. <laughs> and and I was, it was sort of frightening. I have, uh, but I, I listened to Fat Four Free For All and it got me hooked. It got me hooked on the Beatles again. I, I couldn't part with my uh, my collection. So we blame it on those guys. But, but your collection extends even further than that because you've got like tape cassettes and video cassettes of things that you've recorded as well, archive, really great archive footage. I do, I do. I was uh, probably the first one in my neighborhood to uh, buy a VHS, a VCR. And this was back in 1978, 1979. And, you know, the uh, the cost wasn't cheap. The, the VCR was about... Twelve to fifteen hundred dollars, and I don't know what the conversion is for European, but uh, yeah, it was it was uh, pretty expensive. So yeah, I would tape everything off TV, any all programs that that had to deal with music, and then I would swap tapes with other people throughout the world. Um, I would find their addresses, you know, through fan magazines, through um, like Rolling Stones and Goldmine. And, you know, this is way before the internet, obviously. I had a pretty good um, uh, mail list of pen pals all around the world. And my collection grew really fast. I have about 800 VHS tapes, Marv. Wow. Yes. Wow. (laughs) And And that's all Beatles related, is it? Most of, yeah, I would say 70% is Beatles, solo Beatles, some Beatles related. I have a lot of um, like other like Rolling Stones and just everything music, everything rock and roll music. Uh, like I said, I would tape everything, whatever was on TV at the time. Um, and then whatever later in the 80s, we, we finally got cable TV in, in Houston in the early 80s. And, and so, yeah, I have a lot of tapes, you know, some of my older, my oldest tapes are now 40 plus years old. Wow. And the last time I played them, which was probably about 10 years ago, some of those tapes were not even playable any longer. Uh, tracking problems, you know, and just the tape disintegrates. Yes. You know, after a course of time. But um, I digitized quite a few. I did digitize them, converted them to, to uh, DVDs. And now, you know, DVDs are... You know, who, who owns a DVD now? <laughs> Everybody streams things nowadays. Yes. You know, everything is streaming. 
I don't even have a CD player in my car, Marv. I can't play my CDs or my cassettes. Dear me, that's terrible. I, I miss cassette players in a car. Oh, I love, you know, my first car was a 76 uh, Plymouth Duster. I bought it brand new off the showroom. And uh, I, the first thing I did was put an under-dash 8-track player. Wow. <laughs> and that lasted two years. And in 78, I, I took that 8-track and put a cassette. Because I could record my own cassettes. You had 45 minutes, you know, playlist on each side. But, um, yeah, so uh, anyway, yeah, pa- uh, the that podcast, Fat Four Free For All, and then I uh, slowly started listening to a few others. But but um, over the years, um, it, it's I, I go back to Fat Four Free, Free For All and then um, a couple of others that uh, I listen to. It's it's hard to have time nowadays, but uh, I do. There's so many different podcasts that are available now. Absolutely, and uh, I do listen to a few, just a few others. You know, Bizarre Albums by Tony Thaxton. Uh, yep, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. He talks about some really strange albums that have uh, you know that have been released over the years. And uh, he doesn't make fun of them. He talks about them to honor them and to give you some behind-the-scenes backstory on some of these albums. So it's very interesting. Well, some of those albums I find interesting because it's like a little thing that you'll know but nobody else knows about. And then you can yes. you can turn other people onto that and say, have you heard this? And you you almost know that they won't have heard of it. And then hopefully they'll like it and... There's always some fun about introducing people to something that they've never heard before. Yeah, and just reintroducing you. You know, I've, I've I love all music, not just the Beatles, but um, I did one of the bizarre albums he talks about is the Turtles. Um, uh, the Turtles, uh, their 1968 album, which is called uh, "Battle of the Bands," yeah. and and it's it's sort of their answer to Sgt. Pepper. And every song on there is a different band, but it's all the Turtles. But they give themselves di- different genres of music, and they have different names for each song on that album. It's, it's very interesting. You, you need to listen to that one. Wow. I, I recommend if you get a chance, listen to that. Wow. So, so that's that's later than Happy Together, then, is it? That one. Yeah, yeah. That was around. Yeah, that that was. I think a year after that, uh, Eleanor is on yes. that album. Yep. Which is a really good song, but uh, they love the Beatles. Yeah, obviously everyone did. They're influenced by the Beatles, and they wanted to do something like Sgt. Pepper, where they're different. They could be different people on the album, and uh, there's some country music on the album. There's some folk music. There's some rhythm and blues. There's pop. There's psychedelic. Very interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that. I listened to the songs all my life, but I didn't know the backstory. Oh. So, so uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. I listened to, uh, there's a little podcast called Pods Like Us. You know that one? I've, I've vaguely heard of that show. Yeah, <laughs> that theme song, Marv. That's a pretty cool song. Upbeat, 80s. It has a little 80s flair to it. Thank you very much. I don't much. know if you meant to have it in the 80s, but I, I love it. I, I, just, I just seem to come up with these ideas and they go wherever they go to. I mm-hmm. let the song dictate, basically. Yeah, sweet. Well, I'm a musician as well. I've been playing since more than I want to admit. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I grew up, my two older brothers were jazz musicians. But um, I didn't start playing until I was a teenager. 
Okay. And my, my oldest brother got me a guitar back in, when I was 13. And I started playing bands when I was 15 and literally haven't stopped. Before I left Houston, I was playing in three different bands, Mark. Wow. Before the pandemic. And I, yeah, I play keyboards, play keyboards, play bass, play lead guitar, rhythm guitar. Just don't put me behind the drums. I'll be able to do that. So, so what was your first guitar then? I had a, um, my first guitar was a guitar that actually was owned by my oldest brother. Okay. My oldest brother's 12 years older than me. So this was his guitar in the 60s. And it was a, uh, a Gretsch copy made by Ventura. Okay. It was that big red, you know, like Gretsch type of guitar, um, uh, wood body. And uh, yeah, that was my first guitar. It had a little whammy bar. And I plucked on that for a good number of years until the late 70s. And I bought me a, um, in 1980, actually, I bought me a Fender Strat. Okay. And I still play that Strat today. That's been my only electric guitar for the past 40 years. So, so you've, you've just got the Fender Strat. You've not still got the, uh, the, the Gretsch copy. No, that, that, that finally broke apart. <laughs> that broke on me. Oh, dear. <laughs> it disintegrated like those tapes. But no, it was it was it was um, probably not the most expensive guitar. That you know, it was a copy guitar. But my brother had played it. He played it in the '60s when he played. You know, he played jazz, and he also gave me a little Fender amp, really cool amp, which I I wish I had to this day because I'm sure it's worth something. Um, yeah, but I, I no longer have those those instruments. Uh, the only thing I have is my Fender Strat. Also, I have a, I just bought me here in Oakland. I just bought a, a Dan Electro, a twelve string. Oh, nice! It's a fifty nine by. It's called fifty nine by twelve. Yeah. And it looks a lot like a Rickenbacker. It's a copy of a, a Rickenbacker twelve string. Well, we, 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 some some of us can't afford a Rickenbacker. <laughs> no, no, I I couldn't. I bought this little Dan Electro, and those are really uh, affordable instruments you know like under six hundred dollars and um i love that 12 string uh i have owned acoustic 12 strings over the years but they're hard to play acoustic 12 strings they're hard to play you have to tune them down a bit and there's a lot of maintenance involved with those those, those 12 strings um but this electric guitar is really smooth very smooth to play so i'm enjoying it Okay. If, if if I haven't got a twelve twelve string guitar, what I tend to uh, to do if I want a twelve string acoustic sound, is I will play. I'll double track uh, by playing two different acoustic guitars, and slightly different tuning on one to the other. Oh, okay. So and, yeah, and just, all, that's not that's uh, that's that's pretty inventive there. Because then it sounds like a twelve string in, in a way. If, if yeah. you do it absolute the same on both takes then yeah but yeah i have a i have a a boss uh gt8 effects unit for my electric and there's there's like a thousand and one different settings and, and one's a 12 string uh okay. effect that sounds really good um but uh yeah it's it's i'm enjoying this this uh 12 string electric 
like I said, it's really smooth to play, not hard on the on the old fingers, and uh, you don't have to tune it down, so it's, it sounds really good. Okay, I'd like to once again thank Lonnie for being a guest on the show, and hopefully you are all looking forward to part two of my chat with Lonnie, which will be in the next episode. Now we will look at five podcasts that talk about films in different ways. First up is a show called Real Blend, which is a more news-related show. In this show, the presenters Sean O'Connell, who's the managing editor of Cinema Blend, along with his friends Jake Hamilton and Kevin McCarthy, who both work for Fox Entertainment News. And they all discuss what is coming up in the world of film and, to a lesser extent, television. They also, during the show, have some incredible guest interviews, such as um, two interviews with Quentin Tarantino, as well as Roger Deakins, the incredible cinematographer, Patty Jenkins, the film director behind uh, Wonder Woman and such films as that, as well as, you know, there's the Russo brothers who directed Avengers films and Captain America films, and so many other incredible stars, and also some independent filmmakers as well, because they're all about all film, and they have a particular love of independent films as well. There's also a game that they play each week that the listeners or viewers uh, can get involved in because it's a show that's also uh, available to watch as well because it's a video cast as well as a podcast. And the game is called, or they call it the Blend Game. And um, in this game they pick a person involved in films such as an actor, director or even people that have done the music or cinematography. Sometimes you have to really deep dive to find information about these people. And uh, Or sometimes it's, about a, it's a genre like a spy film or a romantic comedy or something. Uh, so you have to get in touch with them by Twitter or any other way to let them know what your favourite is or what you think the best one of this subject is. They also read out comments that have uh, been left on all these different social media networks and emails from listeners and viewers as well. Sean featured as a guest in episode 9 of season 1 and I'm really grateful for that, that he was able to do that when I was new to the game. The second podcast is Lost and Found and Rewound which is a nostalgic film show where Jim, Rick and Chris each pick a film that they've watched from back in the video rental days, mainly the 80s, I think. And then after watching the film, they will then dissect the film and decide whether it should remain lost in the past, found to recommend to others, or rewound to keep going back to and watch again. All three of them were guest on episode 13 of season one of pods like us and that was so much fun (laughs) especially chris's jokes 
The third podcast I'd like to uh, suggest to people is uh, Filmbug, which is a really good bite-sized show. In the show, Martin John speaks with a different filmmaker or showrunner to get the nitty-gritty, as she calls it, on the projects that were fraught with difficulties and how they learnt from those problems that they had and how it shaped how they became after that in making films. And a lot of these are normally their first forays into the world of filmmaking. Um, I mean, one filmmaker was actually undergoing cancer treatment while she was making the film. And then another had crew and cast issues filming abroad because they were filming in a completely different country and they needed rights and they needed to talk to politicians and all sorts of things to, to run through hoops. And wow, yeah. It's a fascinating insight into the world of filmmaking and the fact that Martine is a filmmaker herself uh, just adds to the greatness of the show. Martine was a guest on Pods Like Us this season, season two, episode five. Now, the fourth show I'm going to suggest is Spy Hards. This is a show that is right down my alley because I do love a good spy-related film, whether it be Goldfinger or True Lies, Arman Flint or The Ipcrest File, even to something like Condor Man, which I remember seeing as a kid. In each episode, these guys dive deep into the films to look for clues, and in doing so, they decide whether they need to go on what they call their knock list, which is a list of films that they think are the cream of spy films. I've chatted with the Scott and Cam already for a future episode of Pods Like Us, which should be in a couple of weeks' time or so that that episode comes out. Lastly, but by no means least, is the long-running film sack from Frogpants Studio. These guys I have listened to now for over 10 years and they never disappoint in providing what is an informative and fun show where they will choose a different film each week. I know it's a long-standing thing that a lot of these shows do this but this is the probably one of the originals that first ever did it. And what they do in it each week is they will go into the nuts and bolts and they use clips that they've garnered from the films as well. They will look into various things that jump out at them. And it's just so much fun. I have actually tried a few times to get hold of Scott, Randy, Brian and Brian, the four host, to be guest on my show. But at the moment, it's to no avail. I live in hope because these guys are just brilliant. Anyway, I'm sure that I will return to talking about film podcast again in the future because there are a lot of them and there are some really great ones that I've not mentioned. I'm looking at you, Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema, Ryan and Carson with Late V Cinema, Ethan from Cinefleck and so many others. Watch this space. Thank you for listening. Take care.